This is The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. David is the senior pastor of Calvary Chapel Casa Grande in Casa Grande, Arizona. We either believe that God is almighty and he is involved in his creation or we look through our life or the life of different societies and say, oops, God had his hand off of that one. God must have been asleep at that point in time. Maybe God went on vacation. Maybe God uh, had other things in mind. Or we understand that even in the process of the things that we don't understand, that we don't agree with, that we even in our understanding look and say, that is a bad thing. We either understand that God is still overall in charge of things, or we don't. Pastor David will be showing us in the book of Romans that God is a God of order and not disorder. The Lord has set up an authority structure for your benefit. He is sovereign and in control of the affairs of man. Do you believe that the Lord is sovereign over your life? When things happen to you and you go through trials, you can have faith that the Lord will work all things for your good. Purpose to trust in God and not lean on your own understanding during times of trial. Let's join Pastor David in the book of Romans chapter 13 verse 1 for part one of our message entitled, The Authority of God. Before we even get into the Word this morning, you and I need to realize, first of all, that our God is a God of order. A God of order. And until we understand that and know that in our hearts, in our lives, to the very depth of who we are, we're going to have a real problem with understanding what these next few verses are going to be all about. Not only is God a God of order, but in order to maintain that order, God is a God of authority and power and might. And in his power and in his might, he maintains order over his creation. We either believe that or we don't. We either believe that God is almighty and he is involved in his creation, or we look through our life or the life of different societies and say, whoops, God had his hand off of that one. God must have been asleep at that point in time. Maybe God went on vacation. Maybe God uh, had other things in mind. Or we understand that even in the process of the things that we don't understand, that we don't agree with, that we even in our understanding look and say, that is a bad thing. We understand that God is still overall in charge of things, or we don't. My hope and prayer for you this morning is, as we understand that our God is a God of order, that our God is a God of authority, that we can then take situations that we don't agree with, and then we can rest in the simplicity of the fact that God is in charge and I'm not. Amen? Aren't you glad that you're not in charge? There's sometimes in life that uh, the different things that I've been responsible for or in charge of, and there are sometimes in the processes of those things, I think, man, I wish I wasn't in charge of this. I wish I had no responsibility here. I could back out. But God is the one who is always in charge. We show at first the order and the authority of God in his creation. We can look out in his creation, and we can see that the order and the precision of God maintains Day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, age upon age. This time of year, you can go out, and I guarantee you tonight, if it is a cloudless sky, you can look toward the west, and that bright star that you'll see above the horizon to the west is not a star at all. It is the planet Venus, and you'll be able to see that. It'll be there tonight. I guarantee you, it'll be there tonight. 
If you look out tonight and you look toward the northern sky and you look up a little bit, and depending upon what time you get out there tonight and look, you'll see the Big Dipper upside down in the northern sky. If you follow the very front or face of the Big Dipper down, you'll see the North Star, and it'll be right there tonight. It was there last night. It'll be there four nights from now. It'll be there four months from now. The North Star will always be right there. It always has been there from the time that God placed it in its position. The planets will continue their orbit as long as God continues them to be. We can count on these things. We can stake you know, everything upon the fact that God is a God of order. He puts the planets and all the celestial beings in their place and in their time. We have just now entered into that season called summer here in Arizona, particularly in Casa Grande. And that's why week after week I get couples coming to me and says, well, we're going to be gone over the next few months. And, uh, and I say to myself, well, I wish I could be too, but that's just not where it's at for me right now. But the fact is, is the great thing about summer is that we know after summer comes fall. And after fall comes winter. After winter comes spring. Year after year, the seasons change at their due course, at their due time, because our God is a God of order. And he has placed in his authority the times and the seasons and all that we know and all that we see. And beloved, We've got to get that in our head, in our brain, in all of his creation. But it's also true in the dealing with families. When God began creation, his crowning achievement in all of creation was the creation of man. And he looked at man and said, it's not good that man would be alone. And so he created for him a helpmate. He made woman, not to be subservient to or to be under the man, but to be a co-laborer together with him. The equality, the value, the merit of the woman was the same as the man. But yet, in that, God placed a greater responsibility on the man. Not because the man was a greater creature, but because our God is a God of order and a God of structure. And we need to understand that as we get into this teaching today. Not only in creation and in families, but we see it even within the church. We come together as a body of believers, and God has ordained that within the church there be a leadership, a place, again, of responsibility. It's not because the pastors and the elders are of any greater value to God than anyone else, but God has called for there to be, again, a place of order, a place of direction, a place of responsibility, if you will, and sometimes you want to say, I don't want that responsibility, and God says, but that is your responsibility, and I've placed you there. God has called for it to be there. There is order, there is responsibility, and yes, there is authority and direction and vision, and that brings us to the very fact of what we're going to be speaking about this morning, the idea of government that God has ordained government. And beloved, I know that for some of us, that is a really hard thing to, to, to grasp hold of and to run with, that God is in charge of government. Why, I'd kick the rascal out if it was up to me, or I'd, I'd remove her from office, or I would change this, or I would change that. Or do you understand and know that in the midst of all, yes, even the government that we have and that every society has had through the ages, that God has a purpose and a reason? You and I need to understand that over all of these things, God continues to reign as supreme over creation, over families, over his church, and yes, even over government. So in light of this, 
do we view things the same way that the world does? In light of the fact that it is sovereign God who is in charge, do we look at things the same way the world does? Or have our minds been renewed? Has our thinking been changed because, as verse, or as chapter 12 speaks about, we are living sacrifices unto God. And I am totally surrendered into His care and His direction in my life. You see, you and I need to think differently than the world does. We need to have different responses, reactions, declarations, purposes, and focus in our life than the world does. And beloved, I am not ignorant of all that's going on, yes, even in our government today. But the fact is, is that you and I are not citizens of this world any longer. Our citizenship is in heaven if you are truly a believer in Jesus Christ. The old song used to say, this whole world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. Looking again for that heavenly home, that city and builder, that city whose builder and maker is God. And that's the attitude and the heart that we need to have in our lives, and particularly as we look this morning of what Paul is declaring here in Romans chapter 13. So the first statement that we see this morning in Romans 13, beginning in verse 1, is where does government come from? Romans 13, verse 1, if you're there. Listen to what Paul declares. In Romans 13, verse 1, he begins, he says, Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except they be voted in by the populace of the people. That's not what it says, is it? There is no authority unless they have the money to get themselves there. There is no authority unless it's been given down from generation to generation. None of these things. What does it say, church? There is no authority except from God. There is no authority except from God. That's a hard thing for you and I to process. It really and truly is. We can look at it. We might even agree with it. But to be able to really and truly process it to the very innermost being of what our hearts and minds are, it's a difficult thing. But like I've told you, Living as a living sacrifice is the most difficult thing you and I will ever do. That every day of our lives, living and understanding that God is in control and we are not, and God is in control even though it looks like chaos is reigning. God is still reigning. Listen to what he goes on to say. He says, For there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Paul, do you see what's going on in our country even? Trust me. Hold on for a minute. We'll look at these things. It's not only Paul that understands this, but Peter himself declares very similar statements. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 13 through 17, Peter gives us these words. He says, Therefore submit yourselves to every ordinance of man if it's comfortable for you. That's not what it says. Submit yourself to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, rather to the king as supreme or to governors, as to those who are sent by him, sent by God, for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. For this is the will of God. I want to live my life as a living sacrifice. I want my life not to be conformed to this world. I want my life to be transformed by the renewing of my mind 
that I might know what is that perfect and good and acceptable will of God. That's what, again, Romans 12, 1 and 2 speaks to us. And Peter is here saying, this is the will of God, that we submit ourselves to the kings or to the governors. He says that by doing good, you may put to silence the ignorance of man, ignorance of foolish men, and as free and yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bondservants of God. Honor all people, love the brotherhood, love the brothers and sisters in Christ, fear God, and honor the king. That made it. Okay, he said honor the king, and we don't have a king, so I don't have to worry about that, right? That's not it at all. That's not the principle. That's not the direction of what he's saying. He says honor the king. That means honor the one who is in authority. Well, that's fine for Paul and Romans and Peter there as he writes in First Peter, but I think that they just were forced to say those kinds of things. Perhaps, perhaps it's, this is just a, a kind of a theological thing that they're stating, and it really doesn't affect me. Well, understand that Jesus said, in essence, the same thing. When Jesus was arrested, and just hours before his crucifixion, he stood before Pilate, and Pilate kept questioning him, and Jesus wouldn't answer him. Pilate then stood before him, and in John 19, verses 10 and 11, then Pilate said to him, Are you not speaking to me? Don't you know that I have power to crucify you or the power to release you? What was Jesus' response to him? Jesus answered and said, You could have no power at all against me unless it had been given to you from above. Do you understand that? This is Jesus speaking before Pilate, and he is submitted to the Father, and he says, Pilate, The only power that you have is what God has given you. And at the same time, knowing that Pilate is just about to condemn him to be crucified. We see that not only in the New Testament, we see it in the Old Testament. We see where Daniel spoke of it in Daniel chapter 2, verses 19 and 23, or 19 to 23. Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had a dream. And in the process of finding out that dream, Daniel was given a vision by God, and after he was given that vision, this is the prayer that Daniel declared. In verse 19, it says, When the secret was revealed to Daniel in the night vision, Daniel blessed the God of heaven. And Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. And he changes the times and seasons. And he moves kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. Do you realize what he just prayed? Lord, you are the one who raises up kings and brings kings down. Remember that as we continue on in this this morning. A little bit later in Daniel, in chapter 4, verse 17, Nebuchadnezzar himself, after he has seen not only the testimony of the message of Daniel, but then he has seen the hand of God work in various ways within his kingdom. Nebuchadnezzar himself, who previously had been a pagan and a vicious king of a pagan and vicious society called the Babylonian Empire, declares these words. He says, this decision in Daniel 4:17, this decision is by the decree of the watchers and the sentence by the word of the holy ones in order that the living might know that the Most High, that God Almighty, that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men. And He gives it to whomever He will, and He sets over it even the basest or lowest of men. Nebuchadnezzar himself knew that God was the one who sets up kings 
and brings them down. There's one other verse in Daniel that I want to bring your attention to, and that's in Daniel chapter 7. And this is during the prophecy of Daniel of the end days, of the end times, of the rise of the Antichrist. And listen to what Daniel declares in Daniel chapter 7, verse 25. He says, he shall speak, speaking of the Antichrist, he shall speak pompous words against the Most High, or against God. He shall persecute the saints of the Most High, and shall intend to change times and law. Shall intend to change times and law. And then the saints shall be given into his hand for a time and times and half a time. The reason I bring this to your attention is for you to know that not only is a prophetic message of the rise of Antichrist, but God had given the message to Daniel. God was fully aware that Antichrist was coming. This is not something that's going to take God by surprise. This isn't an arm wrestling match that suddenly God lost, therefore Antichrist is able to come in and rule. No, I believe that this is the plan and the purpose of God. That God has planned and purposed these things. Even though you and I may not understand the fullness of all that is involved with it. Beloved, it is God that has allowed things to happen and He is working His plan and purpose. We read in Psalms, Psalm 75, in fact, a multitude of Psalms and Proverbs that speak about the authority of the king and that how you and I as believers who follow after God need to honor and respect the kings and those in authority. But in Psalm 75, verses 6 and 7, this is what the psalmist declared. He says, For exaltation, or the lifting up, or the placing into position, comes neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south, but God is the judge. He puts down one and exalts another. Again, the psalmist declared he understood that, man, it's not by the power of some other force that brings a king into place. Oh, God may use a multitude of channels. He may use the powers of the east. He may use the powers of the east or the south. But it's God who does it. It's God who exalts or brings down. Proverbs 8, verses 15 through 16 says, by me, kings reign, and rulers decree justice. By me, princes rule, and nobles, even all the judges of the earth. God is declaring it's by him that all of these things happen. Why is that so important to us now? It's because, by and large, when we don't agree with our government, in our society, because of the freedoms that we have, even as Christians, we get to the point where we begin resisting our government because we don't agree with it. Well, that's because of the wickedness of our present government, right? Do you realize the wickedness of the government that Paul and Peter were under? When Paul wrote the book of Romans... He was under the leadership of a fellow by the name of Caesar Nero. He had just taken authority and placement there over all of Rome and all of the Roman Empire. Caesar Nero, who at that point in time became one of the most vicious rulers or Caesars of that time, putting great persecution onto the believers, even to the point of, again, you've, you've heard the stories of him impaling believers with a pole and mounting them in his garden, pouring tar over them, and then setting them on fire to light his garden. We read of Nero taking Christians, 
putting them into the Colosseum, surrounded by the multitudes of the Roman citizens. They're unarmed and unable to defend themselves, Christians in the midst of the Colosseum, and then wild animals were let loose to go in to, to devour them and to eat them with absolutely no defense at all. It was during Paul's time that Christians were taken, brought into the Colosseum, and all four of their limbs were tied to four different horses. And then at the command and the direction of those who were in charge of that, the horses were driven in four different directions while a living human being was tied to them to rip them apart while they are alive. That's during the reign of Caesar Nero, and it's during that time that the Apostle Paul writes, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Do you understand that? Do you understand that Paul, even in the midst of all that's going on, understood that his God was even greater? That God Almighty, even in the midst of that kind of a situation, Paul could declare from the depth of his heart, God is still in charge. There's many times today you and I, we're ready to bail out on that truth. I don't think God's in charge anymore because things aren't going the way that I want them to go or the way that I feel they should go. But it's not only that, Jesus himself, when Jesus declared to Pilate, he said, you know what, you have no power over me except it comes from my father or comes from above. It was during Jesus' time that Herod and Pilate were both in charge. And again, the viciousness and the wickedness of these men toward the citizens of that time. Again, they, they weren't God-fearing men. They, they had a multitude of pagan gods that they followed and sacrifices and abortions and the homosexual uh, lifestyles of all those within the Roman culture at that time was continuing to proliferate, I mean, growing daily. By the time it came to the time of Paul and Nero, uh, Rome itself was beginning to, again, destroy itself from within because of, again, just the vileness of the immorality that was in every area of government. It was happening even during the time of Jesus. It was the father of Herod who was in charge while Jesus was there. His father, Herod the Great, was the one who killed all the babies in Bethlehem trying to destroy Jesus himself. So you see... When Jesus says, no, you don't have any power, except it comes from above, he was in a situation where the governing authority over him was vile, immoral, and totally apart from the direction and the purposes of God. Even Daniel himself, Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar was the leader of the Babylonian Empire, an empire and a people, again, known for their viciousness and the way that they treated those that they came against, that they overpowered. Not quite as vile and vicious as the Assyrians, but again, there's nothing that uh, really the Babylonians uh, uh, lacked in the way of mistreatment of the people. And yet Daniel, after he had been ripped from home, ripped out of his country, his country destroyed, brought to a foreign land, forced to be able to be in servitude to the king at that point in time, he declares before God, God, I know that you're the one who raises up kings and brings them down. And the testimony of his life was such consistency that later Nebuchadnezzar was able to say, you know what, it's God, it's the Almighty, it's the Most High who raises up kings. Beloved, it's not because of the convenience that this scripture is true. This scripture is true whether it's convenient or not. Amen? Amen. We move on. Let's look a little bit more. Otherwise, you're going to run out of time. 
Verses uh, 2 and 3 speak to us that those who oppress and overthrow the government are rebelling against God. Say, so, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Listen to what it says. Verse 2 and 3, back in Romans 13. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God. And those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what's good, and you will have praise from the same. Oh, but pastor, he doesn't realize what's going on in our society. I I just explained that, yes, he does. And in their situation, it was much, much worse than what we see today. But you need to understand that in these verses, too, there are limits that are given to the powers and the authorities of governments. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to The Open Word, the teaching ministry of Pastor David Landry of Calvary Chapel Casa Grande in Casa Grande, Arizona. To learn more about The Open Word, visit our website at theopenword.com. You can download today's teaching or subscribe to The Open Word Podcast. Subscribing to The Open Word Podcast is the best way to stay up to date with all the latest messages from Pastor David. To subscribe, log on to theopenword.com, click on the podcast option on the homepage, or simply search for The Open Word in the iTunes Store. You can also give us a call if you'd like. That number to call is 520-836-9676. That's 520-836-9676. Another option to get in touch with us is to send us an email. Our email address is info at theopenword.com. That's info at theopenword.com. When you contact us, please let us know the call letters of the station you heard The Open Word on and how today's broadcast has blessed you. Your feedback helps us know the Lord's direction for this ministry. Once again, you've been listening to The Open Word with Pastor David Landry of Calvary Chapel in Casa Grande, Arizona. In the next edition of The Open Word, David will continue teaching through the Word of God. So please make plans to join us again, and may God richly bless you.